As a listener of the Shift Your Consciousness podcast presented by Marcus White and Jordan Briggs, we would like you to understand that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Any changes to your supplementation, nutrition or lifestyle should only be done after consulting with a medical professional. Welcome to the Shift Your Consciousness podcast. My name is Marcus White. And my name is Jordan Briggs. We help people overcome a range of chronic and acute health issues and empower people to live a healthy, fulfilling life. Our mission in this podcast is to bring oppressed and current relevant information from all realms of health that you most likely don't know to empower new possibilities in your health journey. We want to help free your mind of the indoctrination of the mainstream medical system, media and societal dogma that disempowers your ability to heal, grow and live a connected life. If you're someone who is feeling trapped in your journey, not getting answers, but also equally fascinated in learning how to address the root cause to your health issues and is also open-minded to all mediums of health, this podcast is for you. So come join us to shift your consciousness. All right, we're joined here for another podcast with an absolute superstar. Um, uh, yeah, this beautiful woman, um, we've, uh, we've had the pleasure of being able to follow on Instagram and see all the incredible work that she's doing in the space of health. Um, she's in- extremely holistic. We want to learn a lot more about what you do, actually, Sarah. But, um, but yeah, we, uh, we, we, you know, obviously I come from a very holistic background and kind of bridging the gap between the mind, emotions and and functional medicine and just seeing the work that you're doing with the emotional work especially and um the energetic work and seeing how a lot of you know this sort of stuff manifests in the body as disease dysfunction pain all these different things and so we're really excited to have you on just to pick your brain so obviously <laughs> got to formally introduce you probably it's dr sarah jane cairo um you've oh, you've gosh. obviously have a background in psychology um yeah. Uh, chiropractic, study Buddhism as well. Buddhism right? as well, and graduate in Buddhism. So um, my first degree was psychology with a minor in philosophy. So world religion specifically. So that's when I got really into Buddhism and Hinduism. Uh, then went on and did what everyone does and became like you know a yoga and meditation teacher. Travelled all of the southeast, went to you know India, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, Thailand, and just immersed myself in kind of the eastern way of living. And went back and did applied science, clinical science for Cairo for five years, and then did my postgraduate in humanistic Buddhism that I got on scholarship as well. And I'm doing my master's currently in Chinese med, but I've just had to defer for the third time. Uh, so I, I hopefully will end up finishing it at some point. Uh, but, you know, life has other plans right now. But, yeah, that's kind of um, my evolution in in regards to the, the health and wellness space and really looking at, um, you know, individuals as whole, you know, not just the, the physicality, not just the mentality, not just the emotional, but also um, how can we incorporate all these things and how these parts and pieces are actually not separate from each other and actually interacting constantly and, and how can we um, deepening, uh, deepen those levels with people and, and get them feeling better. Mm, beautiful because like one of the things we were speaking about before was this institu- uh, institutionalization of of healthcare and obviously yeah. like when we go into these emotional realms it's a bit kind of seen as woo-woo and you're a whack job and you know it, it, it can't be measured or you can't see it or these type of things and you know the, the I more- think 
If someone's willing to come and do a study with me, I would love to measure it. I think it actually is measurable. I've got no doubt in that. It's more that we just don't have the resources to, you know, refer to in terms of someone um, who has done a PhD who's interested in this kind of thing and wanted, wants to dedicate their life to researching it at this point. But the, it definitely is possible to measure, whether it's from heart rate variability, um, whether it's even from gut gut um, microbe, you know, uh, looking at the difference in bacteria and what's going on there through stool samples. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things, even EEGs where you can, you know, look at the brain activity and how that alters, how that changes. There's there's definitely ways that you could. It's just um, we don't have it yet. But science is actually behind most of the time. That's what people don't realise. Science is chasing a hypothesis, which means it already has a notion, it already has an idea, and it's setting out to kind of prove that notion or that objective. Um, so what's happening now is that we need science to kind of be interested in this uh, to then look at it. But, you know, science comes after the fact of existence, not before it. And I think that's something that people need to remember as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, people people just kind of, uh, you know, this is what I learned in uni. Um, this stuff doesn't exist. It's not in a textbook. And uh, there's a lot of like practitioners like yourself who are testing those boundaries and even um, a lot of other incredibly, you know, incredibly gifted or woke, if you want to put it that way, people out there that are kind of like tuning into these more anti antidotal sort of kind of things that they're seeing in their clients where they're doing a lot of these more Eastern traditional things or they're, you know, they're, they're, they're trying all these different tools and practices and things you can do out there, methods. Or finding their own method. Um, yeah, or even finding their own method, like like exactly connecting all the dots and bringing it together. Yeah. I think we would like to look so – that's the way we kind of view you. Like you've, you look like you've created something and that looks really, really special. And, um, and yeah, we're really excited to, yeah, to, well, to talk to you about that. That's what I said to Jordan before the yeah. show. I'm like, I'm actually so excited for this one because yeah. I don't feel like I know anything. And I'm like, I feel like I'm just going to get like this big, like an hour of just education on what you do because it just seems such a unique practice. It is unique, but then it's not as well. You know, okay. um, it, it, it's the idea of energy has been around a really long time and it's been around for traditions, especially in the East. It's just, it's unique for the West. So yeah. my kind of goal is to kind of, how can we, how can we utilize this knowledge in a way that's, that's accessible for the Western person and the way that we live our lives and, and, and the way that we can function and, and work with it. Um, so it starts with the education of, of what energy is and, and what that looks like, you know, in terms of my Instagram videos and things like that, they do look way out there. They do have a, a sense of, you know, a little bit of shock value to it just because in the West it's something we haven't seen before or observed before. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it doesn't mean that it hasn't existed. It just means our awareness hasn't been drawn to that aspect of self yet um and you know we are getting you know a little bit more open-minded we do yoga here in the west now you know we're doing um functional you know biohacking all that kind of stuff people really especially after covid have had to kind of take their health journey in their own hands because the system unfortunately couldn't hold everyone during that time they've seen the limitations they've seen um you know also the pros but also how can i actually take ownership of my own health to get better um and that's when they've started to look a little bit more into these kind of alternative practices like what I do um, and what you guys are doing too in, in relation to that and 
you know, it depends which avenue you come from. We are talking about athletes before their performance base, so they want to do something that can enhance their performance. Other people are in pain. They've tried all these other things and it hasn't worked, so they look to somewhere else. Other people emotionally have tried talk therapy for years but still feel like their physiology is trapped in a moment in time in the past, you know, and they're looking for something different to assist them. So there's a whole different range that this work can kind of um, navigate towards, which is really exciting as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that, like, when you kind of get kind of, you, you got to go into the abyss a little bit with some people because they've they've taken all the supplements, they've done all the diets, they've done all the all the things that are more kind of, I guess, you know, you'd look at, you know, from a physiological, biochemical sort of standpoint, but they don't go into the emotional work. And I don't know, I I feel some people tend to avoid those realms a little bit more because they are a bit more vulnerable, they're a mm. bit more um, tougher to kind of move through, and they go. To the external they look for the the thing that can be kind of physically seen um mm. first um you know whether they're blaming their environment like mold or there must be mold in my house or something like that and like that could have that could be a thing they, yeah. they typically don't go into the emotions first so you, you sort of see in this simplistic as well like you yeah. ask someone to meditate or just sit in their own yeah. thoughts for two or three minutes they, they won't do it and it's like oh. they're very uncomfortable with what's going on upstairs and what's moving through. So that's why. So they avoid, avoid, avoid. You know. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Well, I've done a lot of oppressions in my time, um, and you know that was definitely something that I had to get comfortable with. Very, you know, doing that work and and really delving deep into meditation. And so I think I've, I'm at a level where I'm quite comfortable in that space. Not only comfortable in that space, but actually yearn for it. When I haven't had it, I'm like, oh, I need to connect back to myself. I need to get to that feeling again. And so once people, you know, overcome that initial anxiety with it, they actually realize it's a coming home to self and they want to go there again. And that work with what we're doing currently is that feeling, you know, they, they're on the table, they're initially resistant, which, you know, usually the first couple of sessions is de like de-armoring them getting them comfortable enough, their defence mechanism down enough to be willing to experience what they actually need to experience and to stay with it, not avoid it, not not go away from it, but to feel the feeling and stay with it to actually get the benefits of the work as well. So, you know, there's a huge amount of facilitation in, in, in that regard initially too. But once they've done it and they see, oh, hang on, that's, that's actually the beauty of all this. That isn't that isn't what I thought it was. You know, it's like any any fear. It can either um, you have to use, utilize it as fuel. It can either keep your house warm or it can burn it down. You've got to you've got to utilize it as through your own mentality and and even your own spirituality to kind of connect to it in a way that's beneficial for you. So this work does that, and um, it's it's hard to give it words because it doesn't. It, rationally, it's it's hard to explain and logically it's hard to explain. I'm very aware of that. You know, I have two science degrees. I'm, I'm not someone who's who's um, who thinks that this is work that's easily, I guess, interpreted in a way that makes sense for most. I, I know it's not, um, but it's an experiential thing. So that's why we usually get people to come and feel it, like come, come have a session, come experience it, because you can't deny that. Once people feel it, they get it. But trying to get them to get it through the, the logical, through words, it doesn't really do the work justice either, if I'm honest. Yeah, okay. So let, what is spinal energetics? Let's Let's go into it. That's a good question. Um, so <laughs> spinal energetics is, is uh, look, it's a modality where you have a facilitator who doesn't do spinal energetics on you. What we are doing is purely working together where there's no separateness. It's, it's you and I together 
in this moment in time in the present. And what we're doing is we're working through some pretty predictable patterns that store in your system initially, all right, as a human being, we are all unique, but there's also a predictable way that our physiology and our physicality store tension patterns, okay? So we look at those tension patterns, we we unwind them. Now, how do we unwind them? Well, we're working with the innate intelligence that created it in the first place. So if you have a sore muscle, if you're, if you're having injuries, if um, you're in pain somewhere, whatever it might be, there's something in your body's intelligence that's creating that symptomatology, right? We all can agree with that. Just that same intelligence that heals a cut if you were to cut yourself, that same intelligence that um, keeps your heart beating, that same intelligence that digests your food, that same intelligence that creates the menstrual, like, menstruation cycle, all of those things, we don't have to think about that. They're functions that exist within the intelligence intelligence of our humanness okay so we work with that and the reason we work with that is because we're working with the root cause rather than the symptomatology of like massaging out a muscle so two days later it can retighten why does it retighten the body's intelligence is saying that there needs to be a tightness there there needs to be you know a, a reason for that so if we work with that and we work with that and, and find out the reason as to why it's creating that tension initially, the body itself unwinds it. So that's what the movement is on the table. The movement on the table is the body's innate wisdom unwinding those patterns itself rather than an external force coming in and unwinding it or loosening it or whatever just so it can recreate it again. We're creating safety for the body to then go, I no longer need to do this. And therefore that's why we get lasting changes and changes that, you know, instead of um, coming from the outside, they're coming from the internal, they're coming from the inside and we're honouring that rather than treating it as something wrong. Um, how do we access it though? We access it through the energetic field and through the spine and the energetic points of the vertebra and the spine. So that's the difference. We're, we're working with uh, the field because a lot of us also think we end here, which again is another common misconception as human beings. We think this is it, um, this meat body is it. We Whereas actually, you know, through research out there, you know that, that we exist further beyond that and that we are actually energy. If you look at atoms, if you look at the chemistry of what we're made out of, electricity, light, whatever you want to go into, we are energetics. We just have a dense form of energy here. And so if it's not dense and tangible, we get confused that it can exist. So this work challenges that notion. And once people realise that they can actually experience this work from outside of their body, um, and further out into the energetic field, so not necessarily uh, third dimensional, but possibly fifth dimensional as well, um, then we start feeling and and uh, looking at life a little bit different. And that's why um, it's not just the physical experience of this work, but also your perceptions and beliefs as life as a whole tend to alter. Yeah. Wow. When you're speaking like this, I'm just thinking Joey, like Joey Dispenza, <laughs> like, like the quantum and like accessing that yeah. and his work yeah. absolutely blown my mind. And um, yeah. Have you done one of retreats? What's that? Have you done one of these retreats? No, I haven't. I'm, I'm itching to go to one though. Yeah. Yeah. Die the best. Um, yeah. At one point, like, so he makes you supernatural, basically. You Well, you can experience a supernatural experience. So all of a sudden I'm in this room with about 1,500 people and I can hear every conversation that everyone's having in 1,500 people. I can smell everything. I can see everything. And I just, like, I look down and I've got sweat pouring off me everywhere. It was after this giant um, four-hour um, um pineal gland uh meditation it gets you get up at like 3 a.m because that's when the melatonin's um quite large in your in your brain and your melatonin's the precursor for dmt mm. so you end up doing like a four-hour meditation and it's just 
It's insane. It's well, insane. Are you doing? He's a are you, are oh, you I doing, love him. Oh, he's oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Are, are you doing like breath work and pineal um per, perineum squeezes and things like that, or is it or is so, it? Yeah, we we incorporate a little bit of the you know drawing the the belly button in towards the spine and and like we do it a little bit gentler initially more like kind of a yogic kind of idea of like a cat cow and and just learning how to tap into the energetic centers like Joe doesn't even call them chakras he calls them energetic centers he's very intelligent with how he's how he's demonstrating this work to the West um, so that it's digestible for people yeah so he uses language that that's not so loaded um, but even in his he's got energetic center meditations where you learn to feel into all eight you know and so we we're creating that awareness as well with our clients and and joe definitely is um an inspiration of mine and i do tap into a lot of his stuff to um as as inspiration as well as well as a lot of other you know different modalities out there too of of these people trying to you know bring something unique and different but so accessible within the self as well um and that's life-changing for people you can't go to his event and be the same person after just like you can't experience this work and be the same person after it's impossible yeah yeah the one the one thing i just want to um tap into is because we're talking into energy and how and if you watch your videos like the people on the table are it's like an involuntary movement that's right and you know for people that watch this it might blow their mind a little bit but what are the techniques for you to be able to tap into that energy outside of the body can i yeah. tap into that a little bit it might not be hard to it might be hard to explain but um, well it's teachable it's teachable to everyone so you know i'm not saying that some people don't have more of an understanding naturally towards that some people do it's like you know michael jordan he had a natural gift for basketball but if he didn't train he wouldn't have been what he was you know what I mean? So you can have a natural gift towards it, but, it, you know, it's also a, a skill set that if you spend a lot of time and dedication um, towards developing, you can develop it and be quite good at it. Um, but how I learned to feel it was predominantly through meditation, if I'm honest, um, and, and trusting myself and trusting when I'm on a point because initially you can't actually feel it in, in my experience. I couldn't necessarily feel something. I just knew I was there. Right. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't feel it, I, but it's here. Yeah. yeah, like we have kind of an idea without wanting it to sound silly, but just an inner knowing, like, yeah, that's knowing. it. It's a knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. like you know like when you're standing in like i don't know a bar or whatever and you can feel someone staring at you from behind and you yeah. look around that same kind of it's that same kind of feeling where you're just like yeah there it is or like someone's lying to you and they're saying all the right things and doing all the right things but there's something inside you saying no this this doesn't seem quite right you know it's that same kind of knowing and when you trust yourself enough in that you you just feel into it but then i started feeling it a little bit i started to feel like like you know like someone's playing piano underneath my hands or i started feeling heat or cool and you know started to develop it more from that aspect and then like anything the more you do the more you can start feeling it so you just become more sensitive you know in Cairo school they used to make us get yellow pages and put a, a piece of hair one hair and you would add each page until you could feel the hair continuously until you could almost feel it amongst this much thickness of, of book. Mm. So it's developing a skill set in that regard as well. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. I want to kind of go back to the part of like self-trust because that's yes. that's such a powerful thing, which I think there is so much repression in in who we truly are as, as human beings and what we're capable of tapping into for we could put tinfoil hats on here probably, but like, you know, yeah, I know, like, so, like 
I, I personally think it's a threat to to the to, to the, the 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 elites and all these people that run the world and make money um off the off everyone in many different ways whether it's pharmacology or all the things but i um yeah i i think this this innate ability to be able to tap into this like quantum is something that i think starts with things like intuition right which i think a lot of us get kind of parented out of like if we're, as if we're silly like from a young age or um you know or you're just creating that you're dreaming or it's not a real thing and um, or you're kind of looked at as a whack job if you start tuning into those senses. Like you're losing your mind, mate. And then like like all these like little things that like I guess anymore. Like what's happened to you? Yeah, what are you doing? You're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And we're we're quickly throwing kids into the 3D. Like as quick as we can, we want to like make sure that they're um like we want to take them out of their imaginary state, you know? Yeah. So we're just losing that ability. Yeah. Well, we start to see it at about seven. So in terms of my experience on the table, anyone under seven, I never have to have a conversation about the movement with. Mm. I touch and they're just automatically doing it. There's no conversation. From about seven, eight onwards, especially ten, if I'm honest, that's when I have to start conversating with them about of connecting back to themselves. And that, you know, that correlates with the school system as well um, and institutionalization of, of human beings. And we all have it even to this day. We're shamed if we don't fit in, you know. Um, and I, I've had to develop a lot of self-trust because, you know, even the videos and stuff, like I laugh about it and, and have a joke, but it actually was very challenging to put my face um, and my identity associated with work like this, um, especially when I know for majority of the population it's not something that they understand. Um, you know, so it, it took a lot of trust in, in myself knowing that this work is something that's special and unique and to, to that's the that's the important part to focus on not how i'm perceived not how it is perceived that's all secondary it's not going to be for everyone my job's not to change anyone's mind my job is to present this work for people who feel called to see it and feel it and want to experience it so you know you have to trust yourself in that way but um yeah like you would have experienced it as an athlete like that's what i was saying to you as well in terms of like you're just boxed in to behave a certain way look a certain way do a certain thing and um you know it, there is there is gold to that too but there's also a lot of restraint and a lot of where people feel suffocated and then it almost comes to a point where they feel relieved to be out of it because they can be themselves um and people just want to be who they are and the problem is we we strangle people into being who we want them to be instead of creating an environment for them to flourish into themselves. And, you know, like even the perception of what I look like, I look a certain way, I've got tattoos, I've looked this. So there's, there's a certain way of what people think I am before they meet me. Um, and then they meet me and they go, hang on, she's a bit different to what I had in my head, even those who, who watch me on Instagram. So, um, you know, we're constantly judging, judging others, judging ourselves. And, and when we live in an environment like that, we can't live in an environment that's conducive to our own health and well-being because we're constantly shaming, guilting, um, and those things all absorb in our body. And, and you're actually very ignorant if you think that you can have an emotion like that and that's just where it starts and finishes. It is in your system. It is in your body. You know, people are starting to realise this with the body keeps the score and they're starting to delve into that and, like, um, you know, the myth of normal and all that. People are starting to expand, which is really exciting, you know, for my kind of work because it means that people are starting to think for themselves, which is my goal for people. Think for yourself. Don't be told what to think. What's your belief and what's actually the belief that's been instilled into you for you thinking? 
thinking that that's your belief and it's not even, you know, it's this whole, um, you know, who are you really is what this work is about. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a powerful space to be in because I feel like so many people are just limited by um, these kind of belief systems that they've got to abide by, which I think starts in like childhood. It starts in schooling systems and all these things like you're saying, and they feel controlled into a place of either shame, guilt, or fear. And that's the most powerful place to put someone in because, you know, if that's challenging their safety and security needs, of course, they're just going to do the thing that you want them to do. So, like- well, you can be controlled. You're fear-based. Mm. So, if we place fear in you, I can control you, you yeah. know, I control you without having that leverage and and that's what we use as leverage as a society as government as whatever you want to go into it's leverage yeah um so if you remove that fear from people they're no longer as easy to do as you say when you say it um and that's not necessarily what people want um um for us and and you know society needs some kind of construct it needs some structures it needs some rules i'm not suggesting that it doesn't you know that's important too um but there's also this idea of of the human soul and really tapping into flourishing that as as a person and not just you know people are just so confined and they're so worried about what people think of them and what what they look like to others and and what kind of um image are they portraying like especially with social media and all that it's just made it more larger rather than just being more concerned about being an integral human being how do i look to others is more paramount you know and people know more about you know people on social media than they do about their own bodies their own physicality they're made out of what, what their own cycles their own they, they know more about you know the tv shows on netflix and they do them their own health and well-being and so for me we need to pivot that and get people concentrating on 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 that aspect. Mm, yeah. Cause we were having a conversation about discipline yep. earlier and I was talking about like what discipline means from a young age. It's like setting, like abiding by a set of rules, behaviors to, you know, otherwise it results in a punishment. And so I think a lot of people are conditioned into appeasing to the external and they lose a sense of autonomy in themselves, you know? Mm. And I think in autonomy is where there's that place of authenticity as well, which is really the essence of your spirit, isn't it? You know, and I yeah. think that's what you're saying, like helping people return home because that's our goal. Yeah. It's our objective. And mm. it is challenging to to step into that as well, which is also why there's, you know, a bit of a block for people coming in because their inner voice only gets louder with this work. It doesn't get quieter. Mm. Yeah. So don't <laughs> that's what I tell everyone. So if you already got a little voice in your head saying, mm, I don't know if I should be in this job, this isn't really what I want to do, don't think coming to a spinal energetic session is going to appease that. It's going to make it worse. You're going to hear it even louder. You're going to hear this is not for you. You need to move on from this is who you really are. So that doesn't necessarily make life more peaceful and simple in in the short term. But what it does is it makes life more aligned with the internal of who you are to then mirror that in the external. So you actually have an opportunity to truly feel fulfilled and purposeful in your life. And and that's what it's all about, really, at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. We just keep forgetting it. Yeah. It's oh, sorry, mate. Yeah. Oh, I just think with some of these practices that are like in these spiritual practices and the emotional practices, people sometimes uh, like feel like they're going into something that's going to, you know, create ease in their life, but you've got to go through some storm. You've got to go through some storm to find that ease. And I think people really, really need to realise this in most practices, no matter what it is, you're going to go through some shit to get to the good stuff. Uh, a lot of shit at times. And, you know, that's where our opportunities of learning are is a lot of the time through that shit, you know, and so why avoid it? 
let's delve into it instead of trying to escape from it instead of trying to disconnect from it why don't we actually lean into it connect into it and 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 welcome the opportunity because life majority of the time is not peaceful and simple that doesn't mean you don't have elements of it there is but that's why i love buddhism so much it just touched on this idea that life is not meant to be happy all the time it's not meant to be easy all the time it's not meant to look you know a certain way all the time like but that's where a lot of our expectations don't get met as as humans in the West. We think it's supposed to be one way and it's another. Whereas if you go somewhere else in the East where life's more simple, um, they're happier than us. Why are they happier than us? Because their their focus is different, their mentality is different, and they're connected to community, they're connected to themselves, and they're connected to, to what's important in life. And unfortunately, here, not so much. And that's what we're trying to expand people's um you know minds minds upon that idea as well but also in a way where they can still function as a human being in this world too in the west you know we don't want to take them so far removed that they can't pay their bills and they can't work and they can't function we need them to be a functional member of society and community but in the best way possible as well as being who they are as well so how can we how can we find the balance within the internal and external too Mm, yeah i love that because one of the things that i do notice in like health journeys is people can build this sense of purpose in their health journey and they get stuck there right yeah. and they yeah. become like a victim to their own health journey but also like a it's like a place where they're still trying to find this sense of control or validation or acceptance in their self i don't know if you get clients like that yeah, well, they create like a self-identity yeah. now with their health with their health journey, journey you know they yeah. just they just transfer from one self-identity to that yeah you know it's like um you know you stop smoking cigarettes so you start eating instead you know it's um it's it's you replace one habit or habitual idea with another but they're both just as controlled and both just as non-optimal yeah it's just on it and i think sometimes in the spiritual realm we we well, you know, that's why I, I say I'm spiritual, but I'm, I'm probably a bit of a loner as well. I don't associate too much with necessarily larger spiritual concepts because, you know, there's a lot of bypassing that goes on there. And then also, again, a lot of judgment. Well, that's, you know, you can only hurt yourself, Sarah, or like, you know, whatever it is. Like it, it starts becoming a judgment and a belief system that they're so attached to as well in that, that it's not any better than being in a church. It's not any better than, you know, being taught other things. Um, so there just needs to be an awareness of, of that judgment too um, and, and the attachment to the spiritual, which isn't spiritual at all. So, um, you know, it's that whole notion as well that I, I try to, um, you know, educate people on too. Yeah, for sure. Because like when you said like it, getting people returning home to back who they to to who they truly are, like people attach to all these things to think that's who they are, but it's like you know their identity or sense of self is so attached to you know a, as we sort of started before with the conversation, like trying to appease and trying to feel that these validation points to the external or living up to an expectation, and it just becomes another thing. But this returning of home is like getting them back in touch with this this sense of purpose and why they're here. Like they're, I call it like soul mission. Like why why are you on this planet? And and um and when people get aligned with that, there's a this beautiful synchronicity of like, I think it, I think it's heavily involved in the healing process. Like mm -hmm. the body really comes back to a state of equilibrium, doesn't it? When they do re-engage and get back in touch with that, because all this protection and all this stuff that's as you say can be wound up in the body like defers them away from from that yeah it's the opposite from soul so when we work in spinal our highest level is actually soul in the energetic layer so personal yeah. souls are 
that's Layla. So we start the physicality, then we go to the emotional, mental, and then we go to the spiritual, which is connection to everyone. But our belief system is the layer of the highest is personal soul. And for a lot of people, that's like, why would personal soul be, you know, considered, you know, um, a different measure to spiritual when isn't that more important being connected to everyone else? And it's actually, well, you can't actually be connected to your, if you're not connected to your true self, you can't be actually in true connection to anyone else. You just can't be. You have to know who you are. You have to you have to be in that. And so for our that's our that's what I mean by coming home to ourselves, being reconnected to your dharma. Like there's a reason you're placed here. You may not know it, you may not understand it, and not to get too philosophical, but there is something. There's you, you have to believe there's a reason for you being here. You have to. There just is. Um, you know the the chances of you being born are so small. I can't remember what the chance is, but it's in the billions from from memory. I can't. Don't quote me on that. Probably wrong, but it, it's it's the. I don't believe in coincidences in life either. I believe things happen as they're supposed to happen, and that's not necessarily always good things or bad things. But again, that's our mind labeling things as good, bad, you know, black, white, and that's not humanness either. So for me, you know, the personal soul, the idea of coming home to self. That for me, that feeling, whenever I've experienced it, I then feel connected to everything and nothing all at once. And that feeling has been the biggest life changer in my life. And once I'm in that space, in that, you know, field, that's when I know who I am and know what I'm here for. And, you know, it's just becomes so clear. There's no noise anymore. There's no, there's, there's nothing else, but just me and whatever you believe in, you know, um, and, and it, you know, it's it, when you go in deep meditation, when you go in deep breath work, that feeling, that connection to something where you're you're connected to that consciousness, high consciousness, that's what life's about for me. Um, and that feeling is what people feel on the table. And then once you have that feeling, life just, you, you never want to live life without it again. And not in an addictive way, but in a way where it's like, that's that's the meaning I've been searching for. That's the purpose I've been searching for. That's the connection, the true connection I've been searching for, not this surface level bullshit that we usually go on about, you know, in society day to day. Yeah. yeah. We're having that conversation before too. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying like how that initial discomfort of meditation and moving into those like tools or practices it's like well you get all the business in the mind the body like the energy or the emotion that you haven't really faced ever <laughs> but then there's a bliss yeah and then there's like this meditation joy and then you're like fuck i want to get back to that like like I feel like I come yeah. back yeah. yeah but i always say to people yeah like but it's giving you space to actually understand yourself where i don't think people mm. actually give themselves the time or the space to understand themselves as individuals and i actually give people advice on this in relationships that have struggled with a relationship i'm like how much do you know yourself yet I'm like how much time have you just spent with you and a lot of the time there'll be there'll be no time and i'm like why don't you spend six months just focusing on you and understanding who you are before you can welcome anyone else into your life it's considered selfish though in our culture as well if you focus on yourself you're selfish you know um or self-interested or egotistical which again can be wrong as well because you can't give from an empty cup like you need to know who you are because guess what like i've I've done it before in my own life where i'm like no i'm good i'm solid like i know i'm good and then i've met someone and all of a sudden all those old behaviors just start coming out again i'm like oh my god i'm doing the same shit i was doing but the difference was the awareness was there whereas before the awareness wasn't there so then i can look at it and actually change it 
and also observe myself. What expectations am I placing on this person to make me happy, make me feel good? You know, um, do, would I ever want to date me? Would I be a good partner? What what things can I bring to this that I'm expecting from someone else? You know, there's, there's all these questions that we, um, you know, that we limit ourselves with as, as human beings. And again, it's that lack of not knowing self, that lack of not knowing even in your head, what's your voice and what's the other voices, mm. you know, um, which one's actually you people yeah. sometimes you know that, you know? Um, and like, I even say to some of my clients when they're initially starting, if you were uh, isolated somewhere on an Island, and no one could see what you're doing. No one could hear what you're doing. You couldn't post about it. You couldn't talk about it. What would you be doing? And a lot of people don't know. Mm. They're like, oh, I don't even know if I like doing that because my parent told me I should be doing that. Or do I like reading? Or is that just how I was brought up? Or do I like swimming? Like, what would you do if no one could know about it and you could experience it, but it's just you? Mm. So um, people, you know, have to start thinking about, like, their connection to self because it's it's really important you cannot you cannot connect to the depth in someone else that you can't connect to that depth same depth within yourself you just can't and i i want deep connection with people so i i had to to have deep connection with myself or i wasn't going to experience what i wanted to experience with other people in my life and my life's a lot less lonely in that regard like i had always a lot of people around me like i you know i'm quite bubbly and all that kind of thing but no real substance to it where i felt build up like and I remember having a conversation once with someone and we're in the spa and you know I'm looking up at the stars and the sky and I turn to him and I go look at the stars like isn't that crazy like we're on this planet there's stars there and blah 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 and he turns to me he goes Sarah they're just stars oh and I was like oh like <laughs> you're not for me <laughs> yuck <laughs> like, what do you mean? I just start, like I'm like the thing. Like, why are we here? Like, I'm going on this whole thing. <laughs> He's like, they're just stars. Like, no inquisitiveness about it. No, like, wanting to. No curiosity about what a star even is. Most people don't even know what it is. You know. So, like, and we're just, it, yeah. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm yearning for this depth in people. Um, and so I have that now. It may only be with three or four people in my life, but it's much more nourishing than what it would be to have 200 people at this surface level, matrix level nonsense where there's no fulfilment whatsoever. You know, like, what do you do for work? What, um, like all this identity visual stuff, like how old are you? Like, you know, just stuff that doesn't actually matter. I want to have real conversations with people. Uh, what uh, fills you up? Uh, yeah, exactly. I can really relate to that. Hey, like, the deeper I've gone down the rabbit hole of myself <laughs> and the more I've connected to spirit or I've gone into kind of like these realms of just, you know, I don't know, expansive experiences, whether it's with plant medicine, whether it's with um, breathwork journeys, whether it's, you know, just learning more about myself, the more I do notice there is this kind of sense of, and it's like the dark night of the soul. They talk about it, right? But where there's a bit of a an inability to relate to people in, in the initial stages until you get to a point where you can start to accept people for who they are and you can start to cherish the types mm -hmm. of experiences, different experiences you can have with people. I think people go through that initial, like, oh, my God, I, I'm alone now. I've got no one. But then but yeah. then you kind of return back and then you're like, oh, actually, I can experience, you know, my friend in this way and yeah. I don't have to be he doesn't have to be a certain way for me to feel comfortable or, or whatever. You just kind of learn to let go and accept. Yeah. Change who you are either though at that same time as interacting with them. You can still be yeah. who you are. 
interact with them. And, you know, um, and that's not a them in a different kind of way. It just means people in our lives, you know. And Ken Wilber t- touches a little bit on, you know, how to have empathy and connection with people um, during that space and respectful communication and to communicate in a way where you actually honour where that person's at in their life and their understanding and their beliefs of the world too. So it's not making anyone right or wrong. It's about honouring them and, and so you can connect with them still at a level enough that's still meaningful for you. And, you know, even like Joseph Campbell's idea of the hero's journey, that's what we are all on. So even if someone else, it looks different or has a different depth as such to where you're at in that moment in time. And it's not hierarchical, so don't get me wrong in that idea, but it's about understanding everyone is on their own version of that journey themselves as a human being on this planet. And so it's, it's with, again, if we start judging, it's that separateness again. Um, so I just bring that depth that I'm yearning for to every connection that I have. Mm. And so who you are, where you are, I'm the same person. I don't alter who I am. I, you know, you could be, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone important. Who's important? I don't know, the president of America. But I would still be exactly who I am, whether I'm talking to him or whether I'm talking to the person at the fruit shop. You know, it's about knowing yourself and maintaining that that authenticity. And then that also gives people permission to be who they really are. And then that gives permission to that depth of that communication as well to expand as also. Yeah, absolutely. They say, they say it's, I don't know, I've heard this along the pipeline somewhere that authenticity is like the highest form of vibrational energy. Um, so okay. it, it's apparently it's it's more than love and gratitude. Yeah, I think it was auth- authenticity. I think you're right. I was because it's a form of self love, right? Yeah. yeah. Did I hear that from Joe Dispenza? I don't know. Someone like that. Yeah, which is interesting, but I don't know how real that it was is. Like Some research, maybe. Oh, yeah, sorry, I just heard it recently. Some too. researcher, I think, like kind of. That's good. Podcast. So we'll just steal that. We like that. It's good for this. Um, but I think that's like well, it's so true because a lot of people again, don't have it, but they don't know who they are. And also, like we were saying before, they get punished if they step outside of step outside of that or, you know, and, and as a society, we're very much like be who you are but not like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is like that. You know, information all the time, you know, like everything's dualistic anyway and there's polarity and everything anyway, um, but there's a lot of conflicting information for people, you know. Um, it's like people don't know what to eat because they think this is good, they get told this is bad, you know. We're just overwhelmed by information in this society as well. So if you know, it becomes a lot simpler to interact with it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, What I wanted to go in with you, Sarah, um, is because I want our uh, listeners to be able to really relate to some of the results you get with people so that they um, can really look into your work um, and see if it fits for them. Because what we want to do in this podcast, we call it Shift Your Consciousness because we want to open people's minds up to possibilities and different modalities that could help them because there's people that Jordan and I aren't going to be able to help and we want people like yourself to be to come into their realms and to go, wow, maybe spinal energetics is something that can really help us. So I'd love to be able to go into like some of the results you've got with clients and maybe some of the some of the best cases where, you know, people have been unhelpable maybe and, you know, you've been able to work with them and you've been able to make a massive, massive shift in their life possibly. Well, that's the thing. I think it is important to have a, a, a health team, so to speak. You need a team of all different individuals who can who can help you um, in all different ways. And so I have that as a person. So I think it's important that other people realise that as well. You need people in your toolkit and in your corner to help guide you in this life. Um, but in terms of spinal energetics specifically, we've had a whole range of different 
kind of testimonial ideas. Like it's it's really hard to to put it in a niche, but um, you know, a lot of the time I get a lot of last resort people who have tried a lot of everything. Yes. Um, and you know, from things like they've they're having gut issues to the point where they can't you know live appropriately, but they've gone and done all the Western testing and nothing's showing up that there's anything wrong, so to speak. So their their symptoms are real, but there's no Western medicine that can measure it. It's like trying to, but they just don't have the right tool. It's like trying to X-ray something and 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 seeing you know something else. That's it's the wrong tool to utilize. So what we look at that in that regard is the nervous system, the vagus nerve. You know, what's the connection between the gut and the heart and the mind? What's now stored in your body that's now affecting your physiology in this present time from your past? You know, so we start looking at the body almost as a fingerprint of your life experience. It's like a map. So everything you've gone up, gone through up to date, up to this moment in time is in your body, is in your physicality, and it's actually in your field as well. And if we're going to get into that a little bit more, it was actually in your field first before it became into your physicality. So there's a whole different, you know, thing that we can go down in regards to that. But we have people who have been, you know, psychogenic seizuring, um, you know, you know they're, they're seizuring and there's no real medical reason as to why. Um, who no longer have seizures or at least they're limited, uh, very extensively limited. Wow. Um, people with uh, other psychogenic kind of disorders like fibromyalgia or pain disorder throughout the body that has no, like nothing's really helping and then they get placed on these medications like Lyrica or, you know, whatever a medication has its place, but they're placed on uh, medication as a result, as a last result, and then that's not even helping, you know. So um, if that's not helping, why? you know, and why is nothing showing up in the Western realm yet? Well, that's actually a positive because it means it hasn't gotten to the point where the Western can even measure it. It means we've got you before then. It means that we can assist with you before it gets to that point as well sometimes. So also it also suggests that there's something emotionally usually going on too, Mm -hmm. but also possibly spiritually as well as a human being coming in through here as well. So, um, you know, the physical body is affected by the mental and the emotional. So if you can't see anything physically showing up, it means usually there's an emotional component to it or an, a mental component to it. And that's when we access that, but through the energetic field itself. Okay. And by accessing through the energetic field, you're actually connecting to that innate intelligence rather than a, uh, you know, a pill to take um, to relieve symptoms or a Band-Aid effect. We're trying to work and honour the system itself, honour the human body itself and let that feel whatever it needs to feel or what safety it needs to feel or let go of what protective mechanism it's holding on to to get into that state to let it go so that you can live a symptom-free life in regards to that. So we have things from gut, back pain, neck pain. We had um, the editor of Marie Claire come and try you know, spinal energetics. Um, she's never had neck pain again since she was seeing someone for over 14 years or something, um, for a neck weekly. Right. Um, never experienced has not still to this day has not experienced neck pain since we have, um, had someone from body and soul come down who said it was, I can't remember exactly, but it was like years of therapy in under an hour of what she experienced on the table. So the equivalent of talk therapy and all, all that kind of notion in under an hour, yeah, so um, it's it's touching in spaces that is just a piece of the puzzle that's been missing for a lot of people. Um, you know, we had someone from House of Wellness come. She's been seeing, uh, you know, an osteo, traditional osteo for many years. And, again, this isn't making anyone right or wrong. It's not that. But um, I think hers was over a decade that she'd been seeing them for neck pain, has not had any 
pain in the neck from one session. And these aren't even accumulative sessions. This is one session, one session of true connection. You know, other people from, you know, grieving things like the loss of a parent and how that affects their daily life and their ability to be in relationships and connect to others out of fear of losing them again, connecting them back to that present moment where they get to love someone and understand, you know, the bigger idea of life a bit more through the body and through energy, they're able to move on with their life. They're able to um, participate in life again in a different way um, as opposed to being, you know, stuck in this time warp of, of their experience in their trauma or whatever's occurred in their life as well. Um, and that's another note. We get a lot of people who have experienced a lot of um, hardship in their life and therefore their body starts creating um, different ailments as a as a reflection of, of that experience too so um, you name it we, we've got it we also have like I was saying to you before athletes who no longer get injuries or they can play a whole you know um, season or whatever and they don't have injuries and then their mates are like hey what are you doing because you're not getting injured you're not doing this so again performance based so then they they start sending people as well so it, it's got a very large um you know realm of effectiveness but it what i like about it is it's very tangible very quickly for someone so therefore it puts the mind and logical at ease Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore they can trust and really delve into the process more um, and they actually feel energy so a lot of us can't believe in something if we haven't felt it or seen it. So the fact that they can feel it and then see the differences and observe it in their life, that's that's when they start to really let go and really welcome spinal um, into their, you know, um, their healing toolkit, so to speak. But you name it, there's a whole bunch of different things. Kids with ADD, ADHD, behavioural things um, are able to be um, able to participate in life in a much more joyous way um, and in a way where they can actually feel like they can focus on school. And um, we also get a lot of drug addictions as well. So a lot of um, alcohol, cannabis, gambling. So when you think about addiction, it's coming from an emotional space. It's not coming from the actual need for that initially. Yeah, so yeah. if we're that emotional void and working with people realizing they're not empty within their within themselves they're and not try and fill it up with something outside of themselves then they no, no longer feel that need to reach for something to attach to something to grasp for something so we get a lot of that as well especially in young men we've had really really great success um in that as well um so yeah depression as well anxiety all of those things incredible yeah like i um obviously referred one of my clients over to you and um, we were having some challenges with breaking down some of the emotional armoring and, and, yes. um, and I find that um, some, some people are tough cookies to crack. And so they're just, they're, they're holding on to a lot. And this is where I see yourself as the person that I'd lo- like refer to straight away because they need the body work. They need the embodiment. They need to break down some of these barriers with some tools like this that are a little bit more. Well, they're not even connected to their body. Well, that's right. They're, they're disassociated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You said the you said the word before. You said uh, a session of true connection. Mm. It is because you can tell that someone lies on the table. No one's home. So yeah. as much as bringing someone take them home to self, a lot of the time people get on that table and there's no one there. There's yeah. someone there, but there's no one. No one's home. So it's about connecting them to you know even just their neck. Maybe that session. Then connecting them to their you know, thoracic to their lumbar, they start realizing they have an actual body. They start feeling into that. Then, you know, depending on what people have experienced in their lives, maybe they can't connect to their sacral area, you know, especially people who have been like assaulted and all sorts of things as well. It's not being safe. That's where they're holding a lot of their protection is in that area. So they disconnect. So it's about holding that 
that uh, safety for people to really connect to self and and feel like they're held by you. A lot of us feel like we're too much or we've gone through too much to be held, you know, safely. So it's about really um, being that guide for people as well. Um, and, yes, the movements are involuntary on the table. I'll just say that as well. But at the start, sometimes I do get them to do it voluntarily to get that mind-body connection feeling it first and then all of a sudden the body takes over and it becomes involuntary. So it's like riding a bike, you know, how like your mum and dad would like push you and then like you're like you're riding and then you turn around and they're gone. You're like, oh, I'm doing it now, you know. So it's that same kind of idea as well. Sometimes they need a little bit of assistance um, to reconnect yourself because they've been so disconnected for so long. And whether they're in the free state fights, you know, whatever that is, that it's all disconnection. But it's all for a, for a reason, you know, there's context. And we play with spinal energetics, we place context in this as well you know when i did psychology there was no context you know um i did it a while ago i won't say what year i did it but back then um the grieving process was given something like two to three weeks as it's it's full entirety and anything above that was considered like extended grief um so you know that there's just certain like we don't fit in these boxes in these structure systems as the way that we respond as human beings as well so we need to stop treating people that way as well you know let's um no longer, not just empower them because that sounds like a bit of a loaded word, but get them on board in their own journey where they're not placing it on you to fix them. They're not broken. They're not looking for someone to sort it out for them. They actually want to be part of it. And with spinal, you can't rely just on the facilitator. You have to be on the journey too and part of it too and active in it. It's not a passive approach to healing. Mm, love it. Now, I'd love to share about this client a little bit um, because since she saw you, uh, yeah, some really cool things have been unfolding. Oh, so, cool. yeah, so the cool, the cool, like obviously, I think she's done one or two with you, and um, at a third this week, third this week, yeah, awesome. And um, she hasn't hadn't emotionally processed. I think for uh, I think she couldn't really remember the last time she ever felt like her emotions properly, um, which is wild for a, for a, for a um, for a female. Yeah wild because like the feminine body i mean it's it's its natural state to be in constant state of flux of emotions right um <laughs> you know so we have these hormones and all these other things that are interconnected but so but yeah she's um she had a massive she, she emotionally processed with me on one of the calls which is really cool and then she had a big one a couple of days ago and so reaction what's that you have an emotional reaction, like either a crying or a feeling of some sort. Yeah, so she was. Yeah, she emotionally. Yeah, so she she cried. Yeah, and she held herself in, in in emotion, which for her was a very unsafe place to be. Um, and her body's been in constant protection, right? In the first place. What's that? Why her body disassociated her in the first place? That discomfort that she experienced on that call, that whole feeling, is exactly why her body has done the opposite. Hmm. You okay. can see it's actually very intelligent. Yep. It's very smart. Like we think we know things. We don't know anything compared to that intelligence, let me tell you. So it went, that feels really horrible. That feels really painful. That feels probably was similar to the most pain I've ever experienced in my life. I never want to experience that again. So I just won't feel anything ever again. And I've been there myself, you know, in a dissociated state and I knew it and I, you know, um, and, and she knows it too, but knowing it rationally isn't enough. You've got to be able to then experience it in the body and be willing, not rationally, but the body itself willing. 
Because a lot of people here are like, but I want to be, but I want to be helped. I want to do this. I, you know, I'm booking my appointments. I want this to change, but the body hasn't had the honoring in order to do it. So yeah, that's great. That's cool. Because um, yeah, it, I could, like I said, when I said someone, some people are on the table and it's full, you know, just spaciousness, it's not connection. Um, that was something I felt. So, um, but with her as well, I have to say her um, commitment to coming and her commitment to to experiencing things, even though she couldn't as quickly maybe experience it as some others because of the disconnection being so large, um, it was something very admirable in her. So I know that there's a deep yearning that she knows there's something in there that she's looking for and she will find it. 100%. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. And I think that's the that's the thing, right? Like when you're called to all these things, like you said, and there's, there's always like, and, and I think that's where people got to trust herself. If they're feeling called to something, they're feeling drawn, you know, they're like, oh, geez, that stuff that Sarah does looks pretty cool. Or that stuff that Jordan and Marcus mm. is doing, that's, that's pretty awesome. Like there's a bit of a yearning there. There's obviously some sort of mission that your soul is calling you into, some sort of path that, that you're meant to follow. And I think a lot of people will close that down. Right, based off these rule books that they have in their mind, right, or these these judgments. So, like, even though I was talking about Dr. Joe before, before his retreat, Mm. I did not want to go. I promise you. Not even inkling did I want to go. I I almost cancelled. Like, I I actually book things purposely with people so that I can't cancel and I pay for everything all in advance because I know my mindset and my mindset before it starts going, no, you don't need to go there. I can hear it, you know. But I recognise it now. It's that same mind that tells me every day before the gym, don't go to the gym, Sarah, sit at home. You you know, it's that same same just nonsense negative thought pattern that just comes up. So you just learn to, you go, no, actually, when I, now I've trained myself for when I hear that, that means I must go. Yeah. Complete opposite. Instead of listening to what it's telling me, I go, oh, this is actually information that I must do it. And the same thing I did to Tony Robbins. I'm a bit of a, you know, I like to do all that crap. So I went to <laughs> the same thing. Like my girlfriend was just laughing. I'm like, I don't want to go. Like I literally booked my flights two days before because I did not want to go. And then I had a ball, you know, like I was there and I was like, oh, this is like transformative. Like I needed this, you know. So, um, it's it's it, you're going to feel that resistance sometimes too. So that's why the commitment's so amazing from people because they're drawn to it, but then they're going to be faced with a wall where it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Like even as new clients, we have some people reschedule their appointment three times before they actually come in. Yeah. yeah. Which is fair. Like I get it. I get it. So, um, man, that resistance, like it's the fear to move into the the abyss, right? And like, it's there's a lot there. Like, it's I, I'm I know exactly. Like, I'm really skilled at this as well now. Like, knowing that the stories that the mind creates, but then there's a I, I feel this actually like this intuitive thing that comes through in my heart now, where it's kind of like being oh, yeah, It's like this attraction. It's like oh, like I'm feeling pulled towards it. But then sometimes there might also be like that that emotion that's in the body and it's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to move through some shit as soon as I like, like <laughs> into this thing. Like it's going to be heavy. So like, so like, yeah, I can understand why people avoid and they stop themselves at times. I also think people are, uh, avoid their potential. You know I mean? They're scared to know how good they can be and um, how far they can go. And I, I like... Australia too, remember. So the the you know I'm I'm I don't know if you remember that, but in Australia, if you actually start to expand, people will actually start to exactly. squash you. Well, squash you down. Yeah, it's mm. not in every country. In America, very different. 
all right? In America, they start building up with you. Here, if you start growing and they feel like you're growing outside of them and they don't want you to, they don't want to lose you, they don't want to lose their connection to you, they don't want it that you're going different, they will squash you down. And so, you know, that's another thing to be aware of here. That's my biggest challenge with clients is the people around them. And I'm, I'm always trying to coach them to say, understand like your journey is not their journey and you're holding up a mirror to what they should be doing and they're not going to like that. So, they're going to try and pull you back down into their world and you've got to be very, very aware of it, even the people that you love the most. It's usually the people you love the most. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's usually family, you know, or relationship and that's 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 just the reality but you also you know who you spend the time with too so you know i make sure i surround myself with people who have the qualities that i admire to be as a human being in this world as well not necessarily the success financially or whatever that's also something that people focus on but for me it's more about the quality of the human being is their heart something that i would want to be like is there is who they are something i'd want to be like and if it is then i surround myself with them it's a good segue with like into like people pleasing because I think people pleasers are scared to be into their you know to tap into their authenticity. Like they're completely mm. yeah, not so much in my authenticity of how I appear, but more so I would abandon my needs for someone else's needs because I knew I could cope with it. Yeah, I can deal with that. They can't, so I'll just I'll do it. Yeah, you know. Mm. So <laughs> I've definitely done a lot of that in my life. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, that's that's going to be a challenge for them. That's going to be hard for them. I, I know I can go without, so I'll just do that. So, you know, we all have these parts of us, um, you know, and it's important that I say it as a practitioner because people think I have all my shit together all the time and I don't. The diff- you know, there's there's that's couldn't be further from the truth, but it's not to say that the one thing I do do is work on myself a lot and I'm constantly expanding myself, learning, growing um, and connecting to self. And I think as long as you do that, that's the aim. Perfection isn't the aim. It's awareness of self um, and that's the aim. Do you know what I mean? Mm, absolutely love absolutely. that and you know what i think that's a really good message to leave the podcast on because i think that's um something that we can all sort of take forward oh the returning home and back to self right and that there's going to be these barriers and all these things but as soon as you start to take yourself out of the external come back inward and utilizing these incredible tools whether it's meditation breath work plant medicine in some places where it's legal <laughs> or you know um in in uh you know in, with what you do dr sarah as well of um you know the spinal energetics it's it's these beautiful um spaces to to um experience your your true self and to access healing. they all do it they all do it and they all like it's a different journey but the same destination of self yeah, yeah. and that's and that's what we're looking for that's what that's that's what it is. So once you have that in your life, life's not the same. And and then that gives permission to everything else. Love it. Awesome. Love it. We could talk all day. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I we'll, love this shit. I, I think we might have to do version two because uh, there's so yeah. much more I want to dive into. But um, I get the time for yeah, that one. We'll, we'll do another one because you're <laughs> such a great fit for this podcast. And we just can talk all day. We just can feel it. So we'll get you on again. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'll I'll make sure I'm there. I'll 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 be there at the appropriate time this time. 
<laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Sarah. I really think you've uh, you've shifted our consciousness, and I think like there'll be a lot of people in Melbourne. Um, if you haven't heard of Sarah, look her up on Instagram. What's your your handle on Instagram, Sarah? Doctor Sarah Jane Cairo and. Yeah. Final Energetics. So we've got two separate ones. One's for the course if you want to be a practitioner as well. So we teach that. That's our main thing. We're teaching 18 courses next year all over the world. It's going to be crazy. Um, and then we have, you know, our practitioners who you can see as well in case you don't want to just see me. I haven't seen new clients for about two years, but I did open my book uh, for a day the other day um, just to, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure what happened there. The system broke down, um, but it was quite funny because, um, I, you know, I want to be able to help as many people as I can, but I kept my book at about 400 clients at a time just to make sure that I can look after everyone appropriately too. But there's heaps of practitioners all over the world. We've even just had someone graduate from like Africa or something this week. Like it's crazy. Oh. So um, we're everywhere. So so give it a, a look at and, um, yeah, and please get in contact with me as well. I'd love to hear your experience with Spinal and, and um you know, the reason I started teaching it so there's more people out there giving this work and receiving this work um, rather than just myself. Uh, so it, it was a bigger picture kind of zoom out moment and that's what I'm hoping for. Fantastic. Just a quick question for any of the listeners. How do they access other spinal energetics practitioners? Is there a way or not yet? Yes, on um, the website, spinalenergetics.com, there's a practitioner directory, um, which have some of our practitioners from all over the world where you can contact them. Um, otherwise, either on Instagram, we also share like their stories and what they're doing so that uh, on our stories so you can see them as well. Um, but also I've got two clinics here in Melbourne. I did have three. I just got rid of one so I can focus a bit more on something else because um, my time is just ridiculous at the moment um so we've got practitioners in armadale and at richmond who are trained and mentored by me quite closely so um they're your other options too if you are in melbourne fantastic all right thank you so much sarah there's been an absolute bloody ripping podcast and um yeah we'll uh, we'll do it again soon awesome thanks for having me guys thanks right, sarah thank you Thanks for listening. We hope this opened your mind to new possibilities in your journey. If you want to follow on for more, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Life Athlete Health and at Coach Jordan Briggs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you next time.